Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. in your neck 
Notice the angle of your head and whether your teeth are together or slightly apart. Feel the texture of your clothing on your skin. Notice the temperature of your body. Sense the weight of your legs and your arms. Your head. Sense the weight of your whole body. Notice how still your body is. And how calm you are. Be present to your body here in this place. For a few more moments, rest. America Meditating Radio, that was Carmen Warrington, here and now, as we open up to a new America, a new self, and perhaps a new world, we're going to need a lot of wisdom, spiritual wisdom. My next guest, acclaimed spiritual medium and popular author Carol J. Obley, has been the bridge between the earthly and spirit world in over 11,000 group and individual readings. She's been the subject of newspaper articles spoken on both radio and TV and is the author of four books on mediumship and healing, including her newest release, Wisdom from the Spirit World, Life Teachings on Love, Forgiveness, Purpose, and Finding Peace. She's recognized for bringing compassion and integrity to mediumship by her sincere intent to be of service to others through her talents and experience. But in addition to maintaining a private practice in Pennsylvania. She presents seminars and workshops in person and through online teachings. She's taught many workshops at Lilydale, New York, the largest U.S. center for spiritualism. Today, it gives me great privilege to welcome Carol Obley to America Meditating Radio. Hi, Carol. It's a new year. It's a new dawn. It's a new leadership. How are you feeling? Good. Thank you so much for having me. That was a beautiful meditation, by the way. Thank you. I love her meditations. Carmen is from Australia, and she does great work. Yes. Let's get right into our conversations, because this is an area I have interest in, and I also have experience of folks who play that particular role. But for maybe some of our listeners who might be tuning in and trying to understand what it all means, I'm sure you'll be able to put some light Tell us how you actually discovered mediumship or that you had a gift of mediumship. And what is mediumship? Mediumship is exactly what it says. It is an individual, pardon me, who is sensitive. Usually people who are called to this pathway were born with the ability, but just like anything else, it has to be nurtured, developed, and trained So medium is one who stands between two planes, the earth 
and the higher planes of spirit. And that's why it's called medium, because it's in the middle of both of those planes. Someone who is a bridge, a conduit. And I fell into this through a tragedy. Very honestly, all of my books are extremely genuine, honest. Nothing has been embellished in them at all. In my late 30s, I was running a business, and I went to bed one night, and at 4 a.m., I received a phone call, and the business was on fire. And needless to say, it put me out. I wasn't able to rebuild. And shortly thereafter, I got a phone call from a friend who unfortunately is no longer with us, who told me about a metaphysical center near a small town near where I live. So I needed some more prompting. I really didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I was extremely directionless, confused. I actually appealed to spirit to kind of come down and assign me a job because I had no clue what I was to do with my life after this fire. So it took another phone call from her a couple of months later to prompt me to attend this center. And from there, I started taking classes. I started with Reiki, which is a Japanese hands-on healing modality. Then I started taking courses in mediumship and spiritual healing. So everything has kind of branched out from there. And to date, I have done at least 11,000. I've lost count, actually. I just used that number. But I've done many, many readings and have had a long history of doing radio readings, connecting with people, you know, through radio and podcasts and all of that. So Spirit has put me on this pathway of service. It's a pathway of healing. I can imagine how many lives you've actually impacted as a result of your gift. Now, the world has been facing a global pandemic, which is having devastating consequences in all aspects of lives. Did you have pre-knowledge of the pandemic, and could you speak to the challenges we're collectively facing spiritually? I did not have knowledge of the pandemic in that specific way. However, I knew intuitively that there was going to be a massive shift in consciousness, partly through my own intuition, but also because I have studied astrology for many years, and I continue to study it daily. I've taken many years of classes in astrology and in Wisdom from the Spirit World, my latest book that you mentioned at the beginning. I do write a couple of paragraphs about astrology. It's extremely complex topic, so I wanted to make it very accessible for people so that they can really understand. The shift in consciousness is one that, of course, collectively, as collective humanity that we are facing, that we are currently fumbling our way through. And the truth is, out of duality, and that's what this plane is, this earth plane, this physical plane, it's one of duality, out of that, paradoxically, comes the awareness of unity. Let me say that again. Out of duality, paradoxically, comes the awareness of unity. And because we have opposite polarities, 
and that's been going on for quite some time, through the polarities comes modulation or moderation. Now, the timing is up to us. Depending upon our level of spiritual consciousness, that's one of the reasons why I teach, is to help people understand that the resource of spiritual knowing is within every individual. It's not out there somewhere. It's within each of us. And we can access that through meditation and through stillness. Very powerful, you know. I was thinking about how the times that we're in are definitely offering us a chance to go deep within if we're willing to take that opportunity and not wait for some outside miracle. What are we being presented with through these hard times? What is being given to us in these times that maybe we just haven't been seeing? The pearl is, in some way, evolution. And I'm not talking about evolution of the physical body, of course. Spiritual consciousness evolution. That is, in many years of doing the work that I'm doing with mediumship, which is going on three decades now. I can't believe it's been that long. I have seen time and time again that the only reason that we come into form from the spiritual state, which is what the spirit world is, is for the purpose of evolving towards removing more layers away from that light, from the light that is within every human being, every animal, every plant, every tree. That is the underlying unity and truth of all of life that spark that light of the divine. Higher source, what most people call God, I personally don't use that term because I feel it's been very misunderstood. So I usually just say spirit with a capital S, as opposed to spirit with a small S, meaning an individual soul. So any challenge, any suffering that always emanates from the ego or from the rational mind, its purpose is awakening. I am a student of Eckhart Tolle, the spiritual teacher, studied his work for many, many years. I continue to study it. And he talks about the opportunity for awakening. And I've seen this directly also through my work, that people, for example, who have had the most tragic passing that exists, and that's the loss of a child, what they do with that, the opportunity that lies within something very tragic, how they can use that to personally evolve, but also how they can use it to help others and to offer some sort of service to humanity from their own personal loss and pain. In a nutshell, that's really the opportunity that all of us have. Right, so true. Well, your new book has a lot of wisdom in it, Wisdom from the Spirit World. You do discuss 10 lessons from the spirit world communicated through thousands of your readings. What are a few of these? Yes, and we don't have time for all eight or ten of them. But I want to mention the most important one. They're all important, but one that I think a lot of us really can benefit from. 
it is this lesson. Releasing the past accelerates our spiritual growth. And if you want to boil that down or put a word on that, that word is forgiveness. And I think a lot of people misunderstand what forgiveness truly is in a spiritual sense. And what it means in that sense is a conscious decision to no longer carry the past. When we make that conscious decision, there's a release and a freeing up of the consciousness that happens. And so I think where a lot of people get misconstrued with that is that they mistakenly believe that forgiveness means I'm okaying, I'm putting a stamp of approval on an action or a behavior or if somebody hurt us, someone wronged us, that I'm saying, oh, okay, that's fine and dandy. You know, I'm not angry about that anymore. You know, that person is fine. It doesn't necessarily mean that. We can still have anger. I believe that anger does serve a purpose. It's a motivating factor for change. Therefore, I always look at emotions as very necessary things and to not deny them. Forgiveness, though, is the cornerstone of healing. And in my previous book, I refer to it as that, as the cornerstone of healing. Why? Because when we release the past, it pulls our consciousness and our life force energy into the present moment so we can heal. We cannot heal anything, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, whatever it might be, that the wounds that we carry. We cannot heal those if part of ourself is still dragging around and based in the past. So bringing all of our focus into present time, and that's why I loved your beautiful meditation with mindfulness at the beginning of the program. Mindfulness pulls us into present moment. That's where all healing occurs, not in the past, not in the future. And so forgiveness is the core of all healing, and it's a release of what was realizing that that is really an illusion and that it only exists in our mind, which is a construct. Well, let me ask you right here. How do we use the present moment to heal? Because we do have it, and sometimes the past still has a way of influencing the way we see our present moment. Like, How do we distinguish if I'm really being very present and it's not being influenced by past experiences or by futuristic desires? Is there a sign? Is there a thought? Is there an energy? Yeah, I believe so. You know, I shared this in my book, and it's very relevant to the question that you just asked. Two years ago, I suffered through a severe bout of anxiety. All my life, I've had issues with anxiety and panic attacks, and they come and go. I mean, it's not a constant thing. Two years ago was really awful, very terrible. I had my plate full. I was writing this book. I have a 91-year-old father who was in the process of moving into a facility. I was doing readings. There was many things going on. I became very overwhelmed. I discovered mindfulness through a book that was gifted to me, and I believe that spirit works through other people all the time. We're at the right place at the right time through synchronicity. 
when I did the entire program of mindfulness, it changed the very fabric of my life. One of the things that mindfulness promotes, and this is with your question that you asked, how do we know? It's very simple. We can use the body and your meditation in the beginning. I heard that, the focus on the body and also the breath. Why? Because those things are always right here, right now. They are based in the present. If the mind is focused on those, if we turn our attention onto the breath or into the body, we are no longer based in the past and we're not in the future. We're right here, right now. There are many exercises, by the way, that one can do. One of them is conscious eating where you take something like a small piece of chocolate or a grape or a raisin or a piece of fruit, whatever it might be, and you really get into the texture, the sensation of that as you're eating it. And so many times we're racing ahead to the future moment. And when you begin to feel frantic, when you begin to feel stressed, and you can check in with your body, you know, if you have an accelerated heart rate or the breathing is shallow. Those are signs that you're not in presence. The body is a very excellent vehicle to gauge what your mind is doing. And everybody has a body that's here anyway. I think that that is readily available. A child can do it. So that's tool that we can use. One of the lessons you share in the book is our wounds do not diminish the light within. With everything that's happening globally, we feel like there's a lot of light that's needed. So the wound is blocking the light? No, quite the opposite. The wound never blocks the light. It might obscure it temporarily. It's much like the sun. The light of spirit within every human being and within every animal and every blade of grass, is never diminished. It's never destroyed. Now, we can cover that up. There can be clouds that cross the sun. Does that mean that the sun is no longer there? No. So the rational mind is the deceiver. That is the deception. And in no way, I want to clarify that because it sounds like I'm demonizing the ego and the mind. I don't mean to do that at all. We have to have a rational mind. We need that to navigate here. The problem comes in when we identify with the thoughts that emanate from the rational mind. So the reasons why wounds do not diminish the light within, every single person has had something that has been painful that either we've created or has happened to us. That's kind of a common denominator for all humans. So does that diminish the core of who we are? And the truth is, no, it does not. It is an experience that we have had, but it is not our core identity. That is one of the truths that through countless sessions Spirit has communicated, is to not fall into victim mentality, to always recognize the light within self and recognize the illusions that can cover that up. Right. Nicely put. Would you be open in sharing us a little bit how the mediumship works? 
What are some of the reasons clients come to you about? Very good question. I do a variety of things, and I love, love, love my work. It's not even work to me. My heart, my soul is in what I do and in my writing as well. Right now I'm doing all phone readings of the whole United States and out of the country, actually, too. My publisher is in England, so there's been international connections as well. Most commonly, people come to connect with people who have crossed over. I would put pets in there, too. I'm not an expert pet communicator, but I will tell you that in many readings, pets appear. That's number one. Secondly, I do a lot of life guidance as far as issues you know, relationships. A lot of what I'm getting lately from people from, you know, from 2020 was the displacement that people had because of COVID. And a lot of people really feeling directionless or confused. So that is something I do as well. I also do Akashic record readings. The Akashic Files are the book of life that each soul has. And they are energetic codes that are connected to every soul. And so this started happening to me spontaneously many, many years ago. I would see these scenes with people when I was doing just kind of psychic type readings, life guidance sorts of readings. And I would see these scenes and they would open up. And when I would relay them to the sitter or the receiver of the reading, they would identify with them. They would say, yeah, that really sounds familiar. I've always felt that way. I've always been drawn to that particular culture. As that developed over the years, I have been given the ability to help people see what are the challenges that you came in with? Where did they come from? How can you heal them? So that is also something I do using the birth chart or natal chart. And sometimes I don't even use the chart. I simply look into connect with that energetic file that is with the individual. I also am an expert tarot. I'm very familiar with the tarot. I'm self-taught. And I actually have a webinar coming up. I've always had uncanny sort of a reservation when it comes on to tarot reading. Is there a reason Mm -hmm. that I would kind of, you know, be a little bit set back from Mm -hmm. that process? Tarot has been demonized, particularly by organized religion. And my theory is because it was actually putting power into the hands of people. Originally, the tarot was a game. It was from medieval times. And the only deck that I ever read with is the Rider Waite. And it is the one that speaks to me. But actually, I will tell you that if you study the tarot, it is extremely spiritually based. The major arcana, of which there are 22 cards, go from 0 to 21. 0 being the full, and it's 0, which is pure potentiality. And then the world, which is also a circle. So it's kind of the alpha and the omega. There is incredible spiritual symbolism and archetype within the tarot. I've studied them in depth. I've written about them. There is nothing negative about them at all. I think they've been very maligned by people who really don't understand. 
I believe you in that. So as we're coming to a close, I have a lot more questions for you because what you offer is something so subtle. It's so invisible, and yet it becomes very visible (laughs) eventually. (laughs) What are your thoughts in terms of your particular gift? Could it become a means of healing our nation in the United States? Well, I'm not sure how to answer that other than this. I have always done a lot of teaching, and I continue to do that. From the very beginning of doing mediumship, I have done teaching, and I've taught many workshops at Lilydale, the largest center in the U.S. for spiritualism. And I'm still doing teachings, this time through Zoom, through webinars, because of the limitations that we have. Part of my purpose is to have people understand that within themselves is the incredible resource of intuition to find the truth. And when I say truth, I don't mean truth opinion. I mean spirit's truth of the external reality in these things called natural laws, laws that are God's laws that you know govern the universe, and also finding the core of service. We are all here in one way or another to offer our unique contribution to humanity. You do what you do, I do what I do. Every individual in some way is a medium, so to speak, because they're channeling, I don't like to use that word, but they're offering whatever their particular ray of the divine is in this lifetime. That is the only way that healing will come about. You know, Michael Jackson, who I dearly loved his music, and I kind of knew intuitively he wasn't going to be around for a long time. He had that song called The Man in the Mirror. And I love that song because it speaks about looking in the mirror and saying, you know, Personal responsibility starts and ends with me. We are the universe, you know, within us is everything. So if there's one teaching that I hope that we awaken to collectively, it's that, that we are not isolated, we are all connected, that healing has to begin within the individual, and then we can offer it to others. And that really is the core message I think that underlies most spiritual teachings. It's we own the power, and that's within the individual. So as we come to a close, if I were to ask you to do a sample of your work for our listeners, is it easy to do or there's some preparations that you go through? Yeah, I usually do a five-minute meditation before every single private reading that I do. And I usually don't do them in interviews because I'm focused on responding to questions. And also with the tarot cards? Yeah, there are many readings I don't even pick the cards up. I simply sit here, as I'm doing right now with my headsets, and I say my prayer. I never do a session without a prayer first because Mm -hmm. that focuses everything in and it sets the intent. And I always ask for the very highest and best for that individual. And that takes my little ego out of things. That takes the little me out of it and allows spirit to come through. Right. So question, isn't it really like you just have the faith 
that you know this will be it. For example, you know how we tend to be skeptical as human beings and the question of what's the proof if you think that's going to happen or that is what it is. Isn't it like sometimes you pull a card and the card might be the emperor card, I don't know, and then you go, oh, okay, isn't it like just coincidences? What's the percentage of the readings on tarot or the mediumship that it really comes through, let's say, 9 out of 10? Well, I can tell you, and I can only speak for myself. You know, other mediums I've studied, certainly I know I've even had contact with some famous mediums. The feedback that I get during the reading, the validation, but also follow-up emails and phone calls that I get And I can tell you that when I do readings, I never change the information that's given. If the sitter says, gee, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know that person because in my readings there's a lot of names. I'll say, just write it down. Or sometimes people record over the phone. And I will tell you that 95% of the time, the person is able to place what was said, even if they did not have conscious knowledge. There are many, many examples of that. As a matter of fact, this is kind of funny. I just had this happen. I was on Facebook. I see that I'm tagged. And I thought, "Uh uh-oh, what's this about? And it was a gentleman that I had read for 15 years ago. And he was on there. I don't even remember. Lucky if I remember yesterday's readings. And he says, Medium told me all of these things which were uncannily accurate, but she told me this, and he was referring to me. It was about the Civil War, and it was about one of his ancestors being involved in some way, and the name was given. It took him 15 years to validate that, to dig up that history. So that's the latest example (laughs) that I could give you. That was, you know, maybe about three weeks ago or so. But I routinely do a check-in because there are many people I've read for multiple times, and I rarely remember anything that was given, any of the evidence. I work heavily with evidence in readings, meaning facts, things that the person could identify or that are true, that can be validated. Most of the time, people will say, yes, at the time it made no sense. But when I did some checking, I found that it was indeed true. Wow, incredible. Now, you spoke to also the, how do you know that that isn't just like a coincidence? Well, there's this thing called synchronicity, and synchronicity really means two seemingly unrelated things that come together and create some kind of meaning for the receiver of that. And actually, in my second book, I'm Still With You, I wrote a whole chapter on these things called ADCs or after-death communication that are received spontaneously by the individual without a medium. These are through nature, they're through numbers or through signs that the person may have been thinking about somebody in the spirit world. The next thing you know, they drive over, you know, under the horizon, they see a rainbow or they get a bird flying right over them or they see repeating numbers. Those are examples of synchronicity. And ADCs. Beautiful. Love it. I'd love to have you back on. I'd love for us to be able to go deeper in the conversation. I would love to come back on. You're a wonderful host. Thank you. I really feel that what you're offering is something really important. I think we all need 
some element of support or guidance to help us to make those serious decisions. And there's an element that we didn't discuss that maybe when you come back on we can do so, that the reason why we can sometimes not use the word predict but have a sense of knowing what is in someone's future is that maybe we all have a pre-recorded story inside of the soul. And the only thing we're doing is actually just tapping into what we sense is the inevitable. And so that energy of preparation or vibrations that will be needed might be just, you know, one of the benefits. But thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And do you have any other closing remarks that you'd like to share, but also to leave us with any updates of online events that you're doing or a website would be really wonderful. Yes. Well, all of my books are available on Kindle and Amazon. If you want an autographed copy, you can only get that from me, the author. And that's at Soul Visions, and that is plural, visions, soulvisions.net. That is my website. I would like to also mention my professional page on Facebook, and that is www.facebook.com slash soulmedium, S-O-U-L, plus the word medium, facebook.com slash soulmedium. The next webinar that's coming up, it's in March. It's three nights in a row for a very affordable tuition. It will be in-depth spiritual exploration of the tarot. And I taught this webinar before with great success. People will seem to have obtained a lot of valuable insight from it. It is listed on my website, soulvisions.net, under webinars. It will be three nights in a row because there's a lot of material, and I believe I have it for 1.5 hours each of those nights. Very affordable fee, and I look forward to coming back on. It's truly been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Mine, too. I really appreciated all the words that you shared today. All the very best. Thanks again. All right. Peace be with you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Beautiful conversation with Carol J. Obley. And for more information, just go to soulvisions.net and keep in touch with her and tell her where you heard about it. Lots of interesting conversations from her. So remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we are here to love each other the same. Let's keep spreading the peace in ourselves and in America and throughout the world. Here's Karen Drucker. I'm so blessed. Take care, everyone.
Sister Jenna, you've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.